All right, so I'm trying something new. Let's see how it goes. Take one. Okay, that was kind of all right. So, what's good, everyone? Um, it's your boy DB again. I'm kind of off center a little bit, but I think it'll be okay. I actually gonna, I'm gonna uh, see if it actually. Yes, yes. You see my face? Okay. Um, all right, cool. So I like this. Um, I'm about to get into some stuff right quick, but just to let you know, um, I am doing right now a campaign to uh, get my website business out there. Now, usually when I drink, here's what happens. It's this weird, big, lousy gulp sound. Let's try. Let's try. Y'all had to hear that one. Y'all had to hear it. Anyway, hopefully it's not that bad. So uh, I've been launching this campaign because um, as you can see on my shirt, uh, this is Springboard. Now Springboard is a boot camp. What a boot camp is, is pretty much, it's like, um, uh, it's like a course. So I took a course, it was a nine month course. Uh, and in that course I learned uh, JavaScript, um, CSS, HTML, Python, uh, Flask, um, uh, Postgres, JavaScript, React, and Redux. Um, I mean, I just learned a lot of stuff, right? And so at the end, you graduate and you practically get a certificate. But the whole goal is, the whole outcome of this whole thing is so that I could get a job in the tech field, right? And so as I've been interviewing, and let me tell you, this interview process has been a rough one, okay? Um, it's tough. It's tough submitting your res resume and, and you know what you're capable of and you get no after 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 no. Right? I feel like that that uh that TikTok, oh no, oh oh no. I feel like that, right? So um and then you finally get some technical interviews, right? So I got one and uh I thought I did pretty well. I answered all the questions and all the things and that's another thing about the interviewing process is they want you to answer it a certain way. Uh, you could be right, your code could work, your, you can test it, improve it, and all these things, but they're looking for a certain way in which you code. And uh, because of that, like I didn't get the job, right? And so uh, I just did a, a technical interview last week. Um, hopefully I get an email from the guy um, today saying that I have the job. So in the meantime, I've been promoting my side hustle, my side gig, right? Which is uh, creating websites using WordPress and Wix and, and, and Shopify and all those things, right? Uh, zero leads, zero. And so, um, but it kind of leads me into what I'm going to talk about first because um, a lot of times, and I've really been suppressing this. Like, I'm, I'm not even gonna, I ain't gonna even hold you. I've been kind of suppressing uh, the preacher side of me, right? Because I got this business that I wanna run and I have these companies that I'm looking for. And I don't, honestly, I didn't want them to see 
me so passionate about Jesus because a lot of what I talk about are hot, like flash pan points, like divisive, you know, I mean, that's what the, that's what the Bible says, like uh, in John 1, when Jesus came into the world, uh, he's called the light of the world and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. The darkness couldn't, you know, get a hold on him. You know, there's just some things where we are going to be different in what we accomplish, right? And what we um, stand for. So because of that, um, that's just that's just what it is. So I've been kind of hiding it. But um, I do not, I, I don't want to dishonor God. I feel like he's given me so many gifts and to tuck one gift away just so I can let another gift show. I don't think that's I don't think that's biblical. I don't think God wants that for my life. So here we are today. So what I want to do is first of all, first of all, I want to pray for you um, because um, man, I need some prayer. And I feel like uh, as the Bible says in Proverbs, it's one of my favorite proverbs. I don't have it like the address. I always tell people uh, I don't know the address, but I know who lived there. I don't know where to find this, but I know what the verse says. And it says that he who refreshes though uh, who he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So even as I pray for you, um, I'm, I'm throwing that out there knowing that God in his sovereignty uh, is setting people up to pray for me. Uh, just like the prophet, uh, he was like, Lord, am I like, am I all alone? And God said, nah, I got, what he said, like 7,000 prophets who hadn't bowed a knee to, uh, to Baal. So even though I don't see it happening, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. My, what I can see is what only I could see. If I could see everything, I'd be God, and I'm not God. I do a terrible job. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you specifically, and then, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna pray for us, <laughs> and then we're gonna jump into this quick word, all right? So, uh, Lord, we love you, uh, most high God. Um, I pray that uh, the person on the other side of this mic, the other other side of this camera, <clears throat> uh, would feel your uh, your presence, Lord. I pray that they would sense you working on their behalf. God, I pray uh, that uh, the enemy and his fiery darts would uh, would be thwarted, and those darts would be extinguished, and they'd be able to run on. Father, your word says. Uh, they who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they won't faint. And so I pray that they won't faint. Lord, I pray the same prayer that Jesus prayed for Peter, that your faith would not fail. And that when you are strengthened, when you are converted, when you are changed, that you would strengthen the brotherhood. God, I pray that whatever uh, they are thinking is their weakness or their downfall or what disqualifies them, God, I pray that you would use that to strengthen the brethren. Lord, your word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, I pray uh, if they are discouraged, if they are saddened, um, whether it be uh, just from circumstances and things that happen around their life, or if this is... <laughs> brought on by our actions well uh, whatever way lord you are a gracious kind and merciful god and your word says that you throw our sins in the sea 
of forgetfulness. And so I pray that we would do the same, that we would throw our, we would cast off those sins from us, uh, that we would repent, that we would turn to you, that we would have a change of mind that says, I know what I did, I know it was wrong, and I'm no longer going to do that thing. And God, I pray that they will walk in the freedom that you have for them in Christ Jesus. Your word says what the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, it's not bondage, it's freedom. And so I pray that they would experience freedom today, freedom from their past, freedom from their mistakes, freedom uh, from the lifestyle that they chose to live before coming to you, the lifestyle that they're living right now, Lord, I pray freedom over their life. Um, God, I pray, um, as your word says, that you would provide, that you would see to it. You've supplied me everything I need for a life of godliness, according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I pray that we would receive all that you have for us, not just material things, but hope and joy and love and peace and patience and kindness, even the spiritual blessings, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I pray for like three minutes, y'all. What? Okay. All right, so I'm sorry, loud gulp, ready? Okay, you had to hear that one. Did you hear that one? I'm trying to, I'm looking at the little, right below my camera, I have a, um, like my audio levels and it's not popping up on that, but I, I know, I know y'all be hearing the big gulp. I know y'all do. Okay, so today, before I jump into all the other stuff I want to do, I want to talk about Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Um, I like to read it in a bunch of versions. I don't be, I say what you want. There's a lot of different versions out there. Um, I like them all. I'm a Bible fanatic. I collect Bibles, all different kind of translations. I just bought a new one. It's called the Et Sefer. And it's supposed to kind of reveal the names of God and some of the Jewish uh, kind of um, the Jewish uh, umph, for a lack of better words I don't know it's like the things that we miss right it's like um, man you ever had some mac and cheese and then you had like your grandmama's mac and cheese and you're like man that was good but it just ain't mm, you know and not to say that all the other versions are bad or not good. They're great. I use them all. Uh, but this version, uh, it is marketed to have that mm, of like your grandmama's mac and cheese. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the impactfulness of it. So Genesis chapter 22, verse 14 says this in the Eth Sefer. And Abraham called the name of the place Yahuwah Yireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of Yahuwah it shall be seen this is how it said in the NIV so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided this is what it says in NLT <laughs> Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh which means the Lord will provide to this day people still use the name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided so um, I want to talk about um, God will see to it. 
God will see to it. So if you would comment below, uh, God will see to it. Like this, comment below, God will see to it. So just some context, so that way we can get a broader scope uh, of the scripture and really understand what in the world uh, is going on in this text. I wanna, I wanna bring out a couple things, right? And so Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, is on the, like right between two really good points. Excuse me, excuse me. Ooh. Right between two really good points in Abraham's life. Let me explain. On the back end, um, Abraham and his wife Sarah have been praying for a child. Um, Abraham and Sarah were what you call old, geriatric, if you would, right? And because of that, uh, they thought that our baby making season is over with. They had never had a child ever. They never had a single kid. And here they are. And I think they're upwards of like 90s and 100s. I, I don't have the text in front of me, so I don't, I don't want to just, you know, make up something. You know, I kind of just did. Uh, but so they were what you call geriatric. Uh, my wife is um, mid to early 30s. I'm not going to tell you what, but and the doctor, when we got pregnant, well, she got pregnant. I, that's a different story. I'm going to have to say that one for like after dark. But anyway, they considered her a geriatric birth. She is young, but because that's what the doc, I mean, they were trying to monitor her and make her come in and do an ultrasound every other week. And you got to take these med medicines and you have to do this test and all these things. And it was great because we actually got to find out the gender of our uh, now son super early, but she was considered a geriatric, geriatric birth in her thirties. Abraham and Sarah, are well above 90 years old and they have considered themselves geriatric as a matter of fact they said are like the womb is dried up like we don't we, we don't have anything to give but then god comes and god uh is accompanied with some angels and he actually gives abraham a prophetic word saying, look, you're going to have a child. You will have a child. I'm telling you, you are. This time next year, you would have a child or you would get, however it goes. I, I forget. Like I said, you know, sometimes it's just, but he promised him a child. Sarah laughs, right? And so time goes on and they're not pregnant yet. They haven't conceived and Sarah starts losing hope starts losing faith and she says well we could still have a son another way how about you go lay with our servant hagar how about you go sleep with hagar get her pregnant and then we can have a baby through her uh then what happens is this they actually have a son they conceive 
but it's not the child of promise that God had promised to them because he promised that Sarah would be pregnant. So then Sarah eventually has the baby. His name is Isaac, meaning laughter, because she laughed at God when she said, when she heard that she was going to be pregnant. So that's super important thing on the back end, right? Super important thing on the front end is God not only receives the promise of his son, but he also receives the covenant that God makes with him that surely he will multiply him. Surely he will increase him. Surely he will bless him. And he will actually be a blessing to other nations. Two mountaintop moments. But Abraham finds himself in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, 14, in what seems like a very dark moment. So, uh, Genesis chapter 22, I'm actually going to uh, pull it up. Um, Genesis 22, boom. I think Bible Hub is going to come up first. Bible Gateway, let's go ahead and go with that. All right. So then it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Wait a minute, God, you just promised me something. And now you're asking me to lay it down. I know that there are times in my life where I had prayed for something and God had given it to me. But he gave it to me with one condition. That if I ask you to lay it down, would you? A lot of times in our life, we want to hold on to everything that God has for us. But sometimes there are levels to what he has for us. And sometimes we have to lay down the blessing, the previous blessing to pick up another one. And so God has asked him to lay down his answered prayer. Three, early the next morning, notice what he said early the next morning. I cannot believe that Abraham walked, got up early. He didn't contemplate, he didn't think about it too long. He went to sleep, he got up early. And what did he do? He loaded his donkey. He took with, with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Abraham said, Yes, my son. Abraham replied, The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? It's funny how Nobody, uh, as far as the, his servants, questioned what was going on. They were just doing what they were told. But 
Isaac, here he is saying, wait a minute, I have a question. If we're going to worship, there are some things that I know that are a part of worship, but we're lacking. I see the wood and the fire, so I know we're going to burn something. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Eight, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord came out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And it is, to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Lord, I pray that you will bless this word. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see everything that you have for us in this text. Pray these things in Jesus' name. It's often preached that after you pass the test, you get what you've been praying for. All right? If you just press on, you'll get to the promised land. But what happens when God does it in reverse? What happens when God tests you after the blessing? What happens when, when you get that job, will you honor God afterwards? with your time, with your integrity, with your clientele, with your network. I believe that in this moment, Abraham is being tested not before the promise, but after the promise. It said, sometime later, God tested Abraham. In James, it says that God cannot be tempted of evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But here the Bible says that sometime later God tested Abraham. What does that mean? Well, in this context, testing means proving. He is proving the heart of Abraham. He's trying his heart in the refiner's fire. A lot of times with my kids, uh, I don't, I don't look at what's going on on the outer. I don't judge where they're at spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally by what they do. I judge I 
I judge on the back end. I, I don't judge the heart as God judges, judges the heart and weighs the heart. But there's something about just looking at your son. The Bible says that out of the heart flows the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. God does to Abraham what he does to us most of the time, which is he judges and tests and proves our heart. Sometimes he gives us the blessing, the promise, not because we've been faithful, but to test our faithfulness. Sometimes he gives us the promise not to reward our righteousness, but to prove our righteousness. Here, he says, take your son and sacrifice him. And what happens next? Abraham, his heart begins to show. Now, we only see it through his actions, but if we only judge his actions, we miss what's going on in his heart. He got up early. He didn't hesitate to obey God. He got the wood offering and the fire, and he started walking. Notice this. God didn't say which mountain he was going to take him to. He just said, March on the path to Moriah. And I'll show you where to offer your son. And what does he do? He takes off. And he marches toward where God has chosen. Moriah literally means the chosen place of God. The chosen place of God. Listen to what Abraham says in verse 5. We will worship out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He didn't say, we have to do this thing for God. He didn't say, um, wait here for a second, I have something to do. Out of the abundance of his heart, he says, we will worship. Nobody knew what that meant but him. Sometimes, there is a nobody else moment. There are some things in your heart that God has spoken to you that nobody else will get but you. There are some things in your life that God has done that nobody else will understand but you. And you have to be comfortable with that because not everything is meant to sharing at that moment. Notice when Jesus um, uh, was still a fetus in his mother's womb that uh, there are some things that Mary hid in her heart. And then when Jesus was a little bit older and you remember he gets lost during the festival and they actually find him. He doesn't get lost. Uh, they just, they lose him. And Mary says, you know, where have you been? And Jesus says, you know, I've been about my father's business. And she hides some things in her heart. Sometimes the blessing, the revelation of God, the word of God that he has spoken to you, whether through his word or prophetically, is not to be publicized and, 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 and syndicated, but hidden in your heart. 
because nobody else will know what worship is for you but but you be encouraged in that and we will worship out of the abundance of his heart now listen to this the fire and wood are here isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering listen to what abraham says in verse 8 god himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering god himself will see to it we read this and we often hear the song uh because of who you are i give you glory because of who you are i give you praise jehovah jireh right my provider but the literal translation of jehovah jireh isn't god will provide but god will seek to it out of the abundance of his heart he says without seeing he speaks without assurance but out of the abundance of his heart what does he say god will see to it the writer i think it's in thessalonians i'm not sure I might want to look that up before I say, um, uh, be anxious for nothing. Oh, Philippians. There it is. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, by thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Why do I bring that up? A lot of times we stress over the things that we don't know we stress over god hadn't given me the full revelation of what he's what he's what he said to me i don't have complete understanding of what god has for me but abraham was in the same boat and instead of being frustrated and maybe angry or maybe what's going on i don't know but what i do know is out of the abundance of his heart out of the abundance he says, God will see to it. Is that your answer? When you don't know what, what, what the outcome is going to be? When you're stepping out on faith and you're doing something and you're walking towards a place, but you don't know where you're going to worship. You don't know where you're going to land, but you know that God has called you to start marching and moving. Will you say, like Abraham said, God will see to it? Well, what about your finances? God will see to it well what about you know you're young aren't you supposed to be you know getting married and having kids god will see to it i just helped somebody out there i just helped a college student out your mama been worried worrying you about getting married and having kids tell her god god will see to it if it is meant for me god will see to it god will see to it Verse 9, and when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar. Altar. He started building that altar. Now I want to, we talked about 14, but I want to jump down. Listen to this, verse 20, uh, 22, no, verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. This is after the angel had already called out and stopped him. He said, 
By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee, as the seed of the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and they and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. I want to end with this. What we don't see in this chapter um, is revealed in the previous chapter. Isaac isn't Abraham's only son. Ishmael was born as Isaac's older brother, the firstborn of Abraham, the father of many nations, the patriarch of the faith. And we see in Genesis chapter 21, Hagar, the mother of Abraham's firstborn, is weeping over her son. Her son, as well as her, are victims of circumstance. She didn't ask to be pregnant. She didn't ask. She wasn't asked to be Abraham's wife. She was an Egyptian. And she weeps over her son because she has been thrown out, cast out in the wilderness, alone, just a mother and her infant and God even sees to her God can do more than any welfare system any handout Anything that we can think of, he can do more. Above and beyond all we can even ask, think, or even imagine. It hadn't even begun to enter into the hearts of men what God can do. He sees to her. He asks her to lift up her son. And he blesses him. Saying that he will be a great nation as well. Excuse me. She opens her eyes and God reveals a well and he refreshes her. I don't think we ever hear about her again. But then we go to 22. Hagar was not asked to lay down her son, to bind him up and sacrifice him, to march him up a mountain not knowing what in the world was going to await her. He found her and he saw to her. Abraham, on the other hand, had to be proved and tested. God, to, God was going to reveal himself to Abraham in a brand new way, but God had to first bring him up in the land that God has chosen 
from the mountain of testing. His promise in his hand. And he's been asked to lay him down. Hagar simply lifted up her son. But Abraham had to lay his down. The burden of the blessing is not in what you took to get what it took to get there or what you had to do to maintain it. The burden of the blessing is this, that are you comfortable with the provision of God? Is your faith rested in the fact that he'll see to it? Are you settled enough to lay down God's promise, trusting that he could birth a new one? Hagar lifted up her son with tears in her eyes, and God blessed him. I will make you a great nation. Abraham laid his son down. tied him up, bound him, and was willing to sacrifice him on the altar that he prepared to worship God. But then he unbound his son and God blessed him. But he didn't just say, I'll make you a great nation. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. I will make you a great nation. Your number will increase more than the sand on the seashore. All nations through you will be blessed. The burden is not in the lifting up, but it is in the laying down. Jesus was thought to be the Messiah, but he knew that his burden was not in the lifting up. He knew that his lifting up would come, that he would be glorified, but that's not why he was there. Jesus walked this earth not to be exalted among men, but to lay himself down as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. But in his laying down, God saw to it. He saw to it that we would be justified, made righteous, made whole, made innocent in Galatians 3 it says even as Abraham believed God it was counted to him as righteousness know you therefore that they which are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in you will all nations be blessed so then they which be of faith are blessed with faith for Abraham. 
that the blessing of Abraham, verse 14, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What is the promise? That when the Spirit dwells in you, you have justification. You have been made innocent. You are no longer under the curse of the law, but instead you are made innocent. And when you are made innocent, every blessing in Christ Jesus is yes and amen. Every blessing that you need in your life, every gift that you need to accomplish the assignment and the purpose that God has for you, every uh, ministry and miracle needed to get you from where you are to where God has you to be. It's yours in Christ Jesus. God will see to it. No matter the failure, no matter the letdown, no matter the, 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 the turning away, turn back and receive the spirit of the promise and the justification that you need so that every blessing in Christ Jesus will be on you. You thought that God wasn't going to take care of you. You thought that he was going to leave you out to dry. You thought that you were at the end of your robe. You thought that this was it. I made a mistake. I've got to turn around and go back. But no, God has justified you and made you innocent. Just if you had never sinned. Why? Because he wanted to bless you and he was going to see to it by the blood of his son. Hagar just lifted up his, her son. Abraham had to lay his son down. Jesus, God's only son, was laid down. But in three days, he rose again from the dead, lifted up so that God, Jehovah Jireh, would see to it that you are blessed coming in going out blessed in the city blessed in the field you are blessed don't worry about what you may eat or you may drink or what you may wear because God will see to it be anxious about nothing but in everything give prayer supplication and thanks because God will see to it. Fear not, for I have overcome the world and I have seen to it. God will see to it. Jehovah Jireh. Lord, we love you and we ask that you will bless this word. We pray against the enemy and his assignment to pluck up the word, to choke it out with the cares of this life. We ask that you would protect it, a hedge of protection around it, that it may grow 30, 60, and 100 fold, producing much fruit. Because that's how you get glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I want to switch gears just for a second. My man, Baby Soldier, hold on, let me pull it up. Baby Soldier, 
has something to say. And I wholeheartedly agree. By the way, you can always follow me on DB the Designer on Instagram. Uh, I would appreciate it if you did so. Now, I want to go to old Soldier Boy. Listen. First to rapper that. on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and ask them this is facts. It's dated. It's, it's in the history books. Richard Key used to sleep on my couch. Me, I was the first artist to work with the Migos when they flew to LA. Quavo met Travis Scott at my house. He didn't even know who he was. I, mean, I, changed, you just the whole, need I changed the whole rap game, bro. Do, do something. Who are you not responsible for? What in this first game all, are you not responsible for? First of all, I did not know that Jalen Hurts uh, was interviewing folks now. First That's new to YouTube. me. You can go to YouTube and ask them this is fact. Jalen Hurts, David, everybody. It's in the history books. Richard Key used to sleep on my couch. I was the first artist to work with the Migos when they flew to LA. Quavo met Travis Scott at my house. He didn't even know who he was. I'm mean, changed, you just the whole, need changed the whole rap game, bro. Do, do something. Who are you not responsible for? What in this game are you not responsible for? I, I don't really know. I think I'm damn near responsible for everything. You know what I'm saying? Because when I came out in 2007 with Crank Dad, nobody was doing what I was doing. But first rap. Where is the lie? Tell me, please, where is people need to start putting respect on Soldier Boy's name. He was the first person to do it without a label like that. He put his stuff on YouTube and started blowing up. A lot of cats need to pay homage to Soldier Boy. If it wasn't for Soldier Boy, I don't know if we had a lot of these dances. Every single dance you see on TikTok and all these things like not to say that Soldier Boy invented or infused dance and hip hop together. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he wasn't the first dude to rap and do a dance at the same time, right? Um, but this viral culture with hip hop, music in general, the fact that we stream music, Soldier. Like, you just gotta, I mean, I don't know if he worked with Quavo. He probably did. They was probably like, look, we gotta pay respect to the Godfather, you know what I'm saying, of like this whole thing, you know, if it wasn't for Baby Soldier. I don't know. Baby Soldier was a pioneer. Had everybody rocking Bathe the Apes. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but he ain't lying. A lot of what's happening in the rap game right now can be traced back to him. He ain't lying. You just, I mean, where's the lie? Where is, where, where is it? Because I can't see it. I can't see it. I ain't going to hold you. Baby Soldier got a point. He's got a point. You got to give it to him. Now, there's something else. Let me see if I can find it. Because this is foolishness. Look at this. Samsung's new fridge will ping your phone if you leave the door open. Why the faith? Come on, somebody. Doesn't it just close the door itself if it's so smart? Let me tell you something. This, they got a point. 
if you got the wherewithal and the knowledge to call my phone and say, you let the door open, close it. If you open, close it. You ain't, you can't do that. That's too hard for you. You so smart that you lazy now. If the phone is going off, telling me to close the refrigerator, I'm texting back, you close it. I'm texting back, you close the door. Tell me to close it. Lost your mind? What's wrong with you? Done. Tell me to close the doggone door. You know what? Done here. Tell me to close it. You close it. You close it.